Welcome to the CX Matters Podcast. My name is Justin Tippett, CEO of AXPA, and in this episode, we're gonna be talking about service blueprints. Now, when it comes to service blueprints, I'm going, I don't know what the hell they are. I need to speak to some expert, and I go straight to our advisory boards, and in particular, Rod Netterfield. Welcome, Rod. Hey, Justin, how are you going? Really well. So for those that don't know Rod, uh, Rod is a member of our Customer Experience Advisory Board, so he helps AXPA on all things CX. Uh, and in his day job, uh, he works in the customer experience space uh, as a director of a company called Humind. So Rod, thanks for joining us on this episode. We are going to be talking about service blueprints. We've already got a couple of other episodes that we've recorded, and in particular, and I guess because it's related, customer journey mapping. So I guess so I want to go right off the bat and go, what is the difference between a service blueprint and a customer journey map? Definitely. And I think it's probably one of those ones where people use the terms interchangeably. So um, I guess if you, if you go to that previous conversation we've had, Justin, we talked about a journey map being that visual summary of what the customer goes through from their perspective. Yep. If you think about the service blueprint, though, it goes deeper. And so it goes deeper to more what's happening then, I guess, backstage and behind the scenes to make or enable that experience for the customers to happen. Right. So it'll start, it'll, oh, sorry. You, no, I was going to say, so give me an example. Yeah, like, a, yeah, bingo. Yeah. So like the, if you looked at just sort of the top, let's call it the top sliver of a, of a service blueprint, it actually may look quite similar to a journey map that you've produced. Yep. And this is what we call the front stage. But then again, we go deeper, we go deeper again into the backstage activities and then down into the processes, policies, and even down into systems that will enable that experience to happen. Um, so if we think about maybe a really simple example, you might be going to a restaurant, and so the restaurant will have an experience, then there'll be the wait staff, and then there'll be the kitchen that's actually producing the food in the background. Yep. Um, or if you think about hospital, you know, and unfortunately, if you have to go to hospital, you'll have an experience there, you'll have people providing you care, and then there'll be all these people behind the scenes processing your paperwork or preparing operating theatres and that that enable that experience to happen for you. Right, okay. So Service Probably Blueprints what, oh, yeah. gives, us, gives us insight into what's happening at those levels. Is that the Bingo. premise? They just keep going deeper and deeper. Um, and, and though what, what is probably common about them, and, and certainly what I think about when I think about great service blueprinting, is that there is that capture about the emotive journey in there. Um, but the difference will be it's not just the emotions of the customers. You'll want to think about delight and pain and everything in between for your people and the employees that are providing that service throughout the map. Um, if I think about probably other parts that distinctly make a journey map and a service blueprint different, um, I'll typically in great service blueprints start seeing a lot more timing starting to come into play. Um, and I'll see a lot more metrics and measures start coming into play um, that help to qualify and quantify some of the problems or the opportunities that you're having. Right, so it sounds to me in, in simple terms um, that a service blueprint is a lot more complex than a customer journey map, would that be fair? Yeah, definitely. So I think if I think about from a, a scope perspective, if you're doing, um, you know, a journey map from, you know, A to B, yep. and you're doing the corresponding service blueprint from A to B, the service blueprint will typically take you a lot longer to complete because you're going into a depth of information and a depth of analysis that you haven't completed in just journey mapping alone. Yep, and I know people listening are probably screaming at me right now saying, ask him, well, how much longer? Is it 10 times longer or five times longer? <laughs> That's probably putting you in an impossible position because there probably is no answer it, to that, right? It's yeah, look, it, it, maybe, maybe, maybe look, if, if, you, if you're not budgeting, oh, I don't know, at least... I don't know, 50% more 
um, is probably in my experiences. But again, it, it is really hard to know. Um, every service blueprint will be different. And it probably depends on the level of depth that you've got to go to to meet the needs of what you're being asked to achieve. Yep. So with, with a journey map, um, just trying to wrap my head around this. Now, we obviously drag people in from all over the organization and we mm -hmm. drag them willingly, of course, because they want to be part of improving the yeah. service. Um, but with a, um, with, with a service blueprint, um, I mean, are you, are you dragging different people into that meeting or are you just asking them a lot more questions and drilling down a lot further? Yeah, great, great question. So look, to be honest, it, it probably is much the same sort of people. Um, it's, but yeah, the context of the conversations that you're going to be having with them and the information and data that you're collecting from them will look a little bit different. Right. Um, what, what I do find, and, and this is, is maybe, is that sometimes people find service blueprinting actually a little bit easier to wrap their head around um, when, when, particularly if you're at an early stage of your customer experience maturity. Mm. And I think the reason I say that is that in journey mapping, sometimes people can't see themselves in it. But when you have a service blueprint that's starting to go into process and policies and systems, mm -hmm. people can actually much more easily or readily orient themselves to where in the journey they see they sit. Right, yeah. so they would sort of identify, go, oh, that's my job to stamp approved on that piece Bingo. of paper and give it to the next person, right? Yeah. So, okay. they, can, they can see themselves in what's being created. Yep. So sometimes it is certainly is that little bit easier, I find, particularly if it's a, if an organization is in an early stage of its customer experience maturity. Yep. So I guess it begs the question then when it, when it comes to sort of going, wow, we need to wrap our head around what's going on with our customers. And, you know, most people would gravitate to journey mapping just because I think it's more well known. How, how do you make that decision uh, around, oh, do we do a journey map or do we do a service blueprint? Yeah, great question. And, and look, it, it also, and this is this may sound a little bit common to the to the journey mapping um, podcast that we've recorded if people have listened to it, um, but it'll all start by having a really really key um, conversation at the front with your sponsors about what it is they're trying to achieve, and so if the you know the outcomes they're trying to drive are customer in nature, and only customer in nature, that may lend itself more towards a journey map. Yep. Yeah. But you'll get you'll get subtle cues from your sponsors when they're articulating what are the problems or the rationale or the, the opportunities they're trying to explore as part of the process. If they start talking about processes or they start talking about employee experience or you know, um, you know, waste or any mm. of these types of terms which start indicating they're speaking more in a process a process place, yep. that actually a service blueprint may be more appropriate. Because what you're actually trying to do there is not just solve a customer problem or, or look look to explore a customer opportunity, but you actually need to change the organization to do that too. Yeah, I understand. So so with uh, the journey mapping podcast that we recorded, we spoke about potentially different states that a journey map can be done in. So current mm. state or future is a, is, a, is a nice, simple way. Is blueprinting more current state because you're actually dealing with pro like real processes and real KPIs, et cetera, or does it still lend itself to future state where it's a desired process and, and desired KPIs? Yeah, definitely. And so look, I, I create both current and future state. Okay. Um, yep. Again, I don't want to, it's not going to be a one size fits all, but more mm. often than not, in my experiences, a service blueprinting project will go through a current state and then a future state mm -hmm. um, because you know, you, you want to get an articulation of, well, what is it that we are doing today? Mm. But then you do want to some point pivot it to go, well, what might be? So what is this ideal future state? Or what is this North Star? I mm. guess I commonly hear it referred to. Yep. Um, where we want to take this experience and this product and this service 
Um, and, and sometimes as well, you may be creating something that doesn't exist today. And in yeah. that case, yes, you'll be going straight to a future state type of blueprint. Yeah. Um, in your experience in dealing with, with, with businesses, sorry, that have gone through doing service blueprinting, what, what primarily seems to be the driver for them? Is, is it sort of to, to you know, we, we always want to think it's about making the ex customer experience better, but is it, is it really a cost? You know, we want to be more efficient. We want to reduce costs or, you know, is it genuinely it's around customer experience? What are you sort of seeing in your day-to-day -day jobs? Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, it'll really depend on where the, uh, the, the let's call it the initiating sponsor is coming from, mm. um, and whether that be that you're an internal customer experience team or you're in a consulting space. Um, you'll often get cues from who it is that's actually reaching out for the contact to, to start your service blueprinting project. Um, I think what is lovely, and, and before I spoke about you've got a customer, but you also start getting the sort of the employee lens as well, mm. and you start capturing mm. pain and delight throughout your blueprint. And, and what I sometimes see is that, you know, you can actually do two things simultaneously in terms you can improve a customer experience and potentially improve an employee experience and or potentially even eliminate waste or drive cost out all in one. Because when you have the service blueprint starting to come together, you start seeing these patterns where you can go, well, wait a minute, this, this problem for the customers and you're tracking it, it's nearly like you're doing root cause analysis yeah, through your yeah. blueprint. Yeah. You can actually start saying, well, wait a minute, that pain point for the customers is coming from here and coming from here. And if we can alleviate this problem here for this employee, actually it eliminates this waste and subsequently improves the time we could respond to a customer, for example. Yep, yep. And I think that's one of the key messages I think we want we want to help from an industry perspective is to, that they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You don't, you don't have to just deliver cost reductions at the expense of customer experience. You can actually get you know, great benefits across all of those. Yeah, and I think as well by laying it with the customer experience as well, you can work out what are the moments that truly matter. So if we are going to try to make savings, where might those savings be more appropriately done along an experience? Yep. But where are the points where we actually really need to supercharge our efforts to really flex up our brand or to really flex up a moment that matters from a customer experience? So making better investment decisions about where to invest in your customer experience as well. Yep, yep, fantastic. Um, Rod, before we, we let everyone uh, go sayonara for this particular episode, we always like to grill you for some top tips around uh, whatever the topic is we're talking about. So when it comes to service blueprints, uh, what are, what are your, your top tips for people contemplating going down that path? Yeah. So top tip number one is probably that they're all exactly the same as the journey mapping conversation <laughs> that we've had previously, Justin. So go and listen to the journey mapping um, mm. podcast because it's got all of the great, great top tips. Nice. Good like, cross-selling, Rod. Great yeah, cross-selling. Oh, yeah. oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. But <laughs> look, probably for service blueprints in particular, um, when you're doing this, these things do take time and it's not like you can tell the whole of the organization to stop whilst yep. you complete a service blueprinting project. So you really need to think carefully about how you will manage and mo well, monitor and manage, probably the better way to say it, mm -hmm. the changes whilst you were doing the work, yep. but also how are you going to actually make this, I guess, living in, in some description when your project is finished? Because the service blueprint is only as it's useful, uh, sorry, is only as useful as its ability to be relevant and accurate. And yep. so you're going to have to think about how you're going to maintain it. Yeah, it's and yes, that's important point. for journey mapping, but it's even more important for service blueprinting. Yeah, because as you said, it, it's it's dynamic. Things change all the time. You, know, you might a, a business unit might optimize a process. They might change KPIs for mm. employees, and, and, and yeah. if you haven't captured that, then as you said, it's it's kind of useless already, isn't it? So. Yeah, and and look, some of the magic happens here where you've got 
two silos in an organization that you smash together into a workshop. Mm-hmm. And off the back of that workshop, they go and optimize something. And yep. that level of organic change, you don't want to stifle that. That's right. It's great, like, but it's not great for your service that. blueprint, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it hurts your blueprint. It blows out your timeframes. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's not about producing a really pretty service blueprint. We're trying to drive customer-centered change here. Yep. And, and if we're doing that and that, that's the outcome, then, yeah, how do, we, how do we just, again, monitor for that and then manage that through to our efforts? Yeah. Yeah. Great tip. Uh, any other tips you want to leave uh, our listeners with, Rod? No, Put you on the spot. Look, oh, putting me on the spot again. No, look, if, um, you know, if there is anything that I can do that helps you make this more relevant to your organization, please reach out. My contact details are on the ACXPA website. Um, and yeah, obviously lots of great resources there that you can download on my bridge as well. Uh, absolutely. So we do have an article on service blueprinting. We've also got uh, articles and templates and resources, etc., on journey mapping, as well as some courses if you want to sort of uh, wrap your head around journey mapping or even CX uh, more broadly, uh, even if you want to uh, apply to become a, a certified customer experience professional such as uh, Rod, we have a, an introduction course uh, for that as well. So thank you everyone for listening. Now, if you want to stay across all the podcasts uh, on the CX map, as podcast all you need to do is hit subscribe uh, on your favorite platform uh, and for now thank you rod and we look forward to talking to you again in the future ciao for now bye